and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show starring Ramon. He's in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dan Kovacevic back in Pittsburgh after a week in California covering hockey. Moan, what's going on? Man, not much, man. Let me tell you this. Uh, being back, well, I'm in Tennessee. I ain't back in Tennessee. Boy, we've gotten some yearly winter-like weather lately, man. Like winter weather. Like, we've turned into Storm Central around January, February, man. We had, not like, tornado warnings. Which one is more dangerous? We had the warnings today that it could happen. It was, like, 70 degrees. And guess what it's going to be, like, later on? 30. I'm like, what, what, are we, what are we doing? I've experienced everything over the last nine days, starting from Southern California to Northern California, then into San Francisco, where the weather is always psychotic. And then coming back home and everyone's like, it's summer. <laughs> Wait, what did I miss here? Yeah. <laughs> Who stole my Pittsburgh? What happened here? Exactly. I was up most of the night last night because I'm on storm patrol and stuff like that around the house, which is what a responsible dad's supposed to do. I ain't supposed mm-hmm. to be knocked out. But yeah, man, it's uh, we're back to winter now in Tennessee. I got a note. We got a note yesterday yeah. uh, from Teresa who responded to the fact that we used her question. She was the one who asked yesterday about uh, drafting a tight end yeah, uh, with the 49th overall pick. Really good question, too. Mm-hmm. And she sent something back in response to that that got me thinking about a whole bunch of stuff. She says, hey, Moan and DK, thanks so much for using my question on the Thursday podcast. I'm really chuffed that you found it useful for the show. It made this Pittsburgh expats day here in Manchester, England. Oh, nice. she's chuffed. Chuffed. I you watch your Thomas up. the Tank engine? I, man, I I wasn't really a Thomas the Tank guy growing up, man. Okay. Well, you forgive Thomas me? the Tank engine, uh, they would use that term all the time. Uh, yeah. He, and they'd use it as a verb. He chuffed. Chuffed. Now, okay. I'm not 100% sure what chuffed means by the way if you're watching this show thinking this is going to be some kind of intensive <laughs> football thing here you nah. tuned into the wrong day here chuffed adjective uh british informal i am dead chuffed to have won yeah that's awesome man dead chuffed that's that's pretty cool dk <laughs> what a language I don't know, what it's almost dead like chuffed. it could have led to the whole world using it right i know i gotta figure out what chuffed is and you know what i appreciate it. I thank you seriously stoked stoked, stoked. oh yeah. wow we're yeah, stoked I'll to that. hear from her so i so i see this and i think to myself we talk about the, the people that we hear from around the world we, we hear everybody that you hear from you appreciate yeah. everybody who watches listens and everything but i wanted to ask you what your favorite aspect of doing this podcast on a regular basis has been? What are we into now? How many shows? Uh, whew, we're we're in now, man. Uh, yeah. I'm sure we, we'll get a number soon from our producer behind the scene. But why do I do this show? Two forty six. Jeez, that's serious. Producer Dave said two forty six. He said, "Put that title on him right there." Producer Dave. Um, <laughs> with that being said, man, why do, I enjoy doing this? One because I'm talking to a friend of mine, DK. Okay, that makes it a whole lot easier. Um, but I understand what the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers is and what it means. I think it's a it's fair to the fan base to be able to talk about some things without divulging every single thing. I know the you know they want every single thing. Um, and we'll probably get to that point too, DK, when it's a little bit more removed. That means stick around for us a little bit longer, okay? Yeah. Right. Uh, but we, we've given a lot on this show. But for me, it's 
the history, it's me being a part of Steel Nation still is near and dear to me as far as my appreciation for it. Coach T has always kind of reminded us in a sense, like this game gives you a lot. And it's not just monetarily. It gives you uh, friendships. It gives you the the idea that you you belong to something. I could be here in Tennessee and we have somebody from England writing us. You know, we I'm here and there's somebody in Thailand listening to us and watching us. I'm here in Tennessee and there's somebody in Texas or South America, someone that's listening to us. Like the reach is awesome. And for you to listen to me, one, I, I take it very seriously. But the other aspect of it, though, too, it does become for me, in a sense, therapy. Uh, like being able to hash out stuff, remember stuff and kind of talk through some scenarios. Like it really is kind of soothing to me, like to get on here and have fun, tell stories, bull crap around a little bit. It kind of is a release for me. Like this doesn't feel like work DK. Like when, when we do this show, do we tell them a little bit? Like we have our in season topics that, Hey, we got to hit this, this and that. We, that's, that's every network in America that does this. But other times we'll we'll hop on here and be like, what are we talking about today? Like, and I think most, that's most probably, times. <laughs> most times. And, and that to me, cool. That means I'm tapping into a mental spot that I didn't know I was going into today unless it was something on my mind. And I'll tell you, hey, let's go here today. But being able to speak to a group of people that will hear us talk about stuff that they love is therapy for me because it, it has me reflecting. But it's also a, a payoff to how they respected what, what what I did as a player and what you've done, too, for a very long time. That's what I want to come into here, because I feel like you're steering your car right now around the thing that's in the middle. OK, and I know you. Yeah, I'd like to think I know you pretty yeah. well. And I felt like when you and I first started talking and we first broached this subject, that what you really needed, and you kind of dropped a little bit of hint in this and what you said just now, but not enough in my view, Yeah, you needed to stay connected to the Steelers even yes. more. Because I saw how you reacted when Kevin Colbert told you, you're, you're not a former Steeler, you're a Steeler. Okay, I've seen how you've reacted when Mike Tomlin has reached out to you. For advice i've seen how you reacted when you were invited to come and address the steelers rookies last yeah. year you are a stealer you yeah. have a job in nashville you do it professionally you do whatever but you are a oh. stealer okay? oh yeah all right i'm not saying anything i'm sure oh, no, no, no. we're good 10 into nashville and and everything else here but you're a stealer and to have this connection, and like you said, to have people come back and say, hey, we respected you, Moan. We respected the way you played. We respected mm -hmm. the way you carried yourself. Yeah, man, it's got to feel good. It's it it does. Feel really good. And, and because you know me and my family knows me about as best as anybody, especially my wife, she was there for me for the en entire journey. But like my, I felt like my pathway, and I'm sure other players probably feel the exact same way too, mm -hmm. but mine was unique in how I felt like I had to fight for it, to belong to it. And then when you're accepted in it, you want to be a part of it, too. Like I tell guys all the time, don't go away. And I'll be honest with you, too. Uh, Mr. Rooney, Art, he'll, he says that. Coach Tomlin says, like, you guys don't retire and walk away from this thing because there's so much more for you here. And they mean that. I've seen guys do the terrible tile before the game. I'm like, man, that dude just played like three games. But you know <laughs> what? He's a stiller for life. And mine is even more significant, man. I mean, 11 years. I've had friends on other teams, and I've said this before. 
they tell me, like, you don't understand what it means to play for that organization, but for you to also last that long in that organization, that says a lot about you. And it doesn't hit me as much, but when you go back inside that building, it resonates a whole lot. When I went in for that pit game where we did the in-studio and store show, I was unloading to you about what the experience was for me, DK, and I was like a uh, it's the acceptance thing that kind of gets you a little bit when you belong to the, and I can say this, the 1% of football players. Like, that sense of belonging yeah. is so cool, man. So it's kind of cool and to that get that affirmation. Physical. I mean, you're, you were there. There was the pandemic. You hadn't had a chance to be there in a long time. So many of the same faces mm-hmm. are still there. The rookie dinner. The, everything about it was just a good, good situation. When we come back on the Ramon Foster Show, I'm going to talk about competition welcome back to a ramon foster show like no other where we're basically just talking about the ramon foster show guess what moan yeah we're not on an island no out here ben's got a show he does cam's got a show does most most still have a show? Most has a show most also. Has yeah. Mike Taylor, am I missing anybody? Uh, RC has his podcast, but RC's on the big well, network. RC too. is yeah, that's, yeah. He, he's it's, on another stratosphere. It's he doesn't count. So many others that uh, Willie Cologne has a morning show also. Max Stars does some sideline stuff. We got a bunch of guys in this world. Charlie Batch does stuff too. So uh, yeah, I might be missing one or two. Do you ever? ever think about it from a competition standpoint do i pff, no man not not like that not in a malicious type of way right, i will I say uh, I, I will say you know the competitor in me i'm gonna say oh, yeah. this you want to see it succeed i would i will say this i want to catch whatever numbers that they would have compared to ours like <laughs> i want to grow i know chasing ben and his no, we're, not, we're not chasing ben Ooh, yeah, i should have played quarterback dk you know what I'm saying? But he's good. You kept him standing. I did keep him standing up. We'll have to have him on. I have to go on his in some type of way, too. But this is this is the thing about it. It's so much still a nation to go around in the sense of the guys that are speaking yes. about it that it don't bother me like that. I love the fact that they are because they get an opportunity to express who they are. It's people like Ben being able to pull back the curtain on himself. I mean. That's been something. Come on, man. I'm going to be honest with you. And when when somebody told me he was doing I was like, yeah, right, man. It's not doing a podcast. No. One of the recent episodes, they they had like a sort of like a studio setting where they had uh, Andrew McCutcheon was in. Yeah. I'm trying to, a couple other guys. He's had Neil Walker from the Pirates. And Mm -hmm. they're in, they're there in person. It looks like a, like, you know, I think that's his house or something. Okay, it's his house. Okay. It's, <laughs> I think it's the house. It's the house you have whenever you play quarterback in the NFL. That and, is also true. First ballot Canton guy, right? Yeah. But my point is, is it's like it almost looked like some like super big talk show or whatever. Yeah. But that's not what struck me. Yeah. About it, it was him. He was conducting. He yeah. was like, "Hey, Cutch, you da 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 whatever." And it was he was running the show, and he was funny and charming and engaging and i'm like ben yeah. <laughs> so let me tell you this that's him though 
You know what I'm saying? Like, not everybody saw that. I've seen you know? I've seen him act a fool when we're sitting around playing cards or the prankster that he is or how he would mess around with the young guys. Like, hey, watch this. You know, like, it's that. Uh-huh. Like, you get an opportunity to see him. And that's, that's why I think he is more involved in it now, probably more than he thought he ever would. I'm sure the, the idea was brought to him. Uh, you know what I'm saying? As far as, like, being open like that. And then this is the thing, too. You kind of expose yourself. A little bit and and then you got to learn where's the line you know what i'm saying like a lot of the time where's the line and what we say because i've seen ben make headlines heck we've made headlines here or there or i get a text message from somebody about something we've said not just cam okay <laughs> or uh it was you know the fact that ben hit me up and was like man my barber loves your podcast i'm like what like so he's telling ben about us and ben you know is checking in here and there when i'm sure he can but that that that's the aspect of what stiller nation is too and there's never been any kind of malice or just jealousy about anything when it comes down to one doing it or it not being enough for stiller nation because it's so much history as far as the ability to be able to reach back to dk yeah if you wanted to speak to guys in my era before mm-hmm. me bus, you know what I'm saying? Before him, other guys, you know what I'm saying? Like it's so much of that that we those guys never had the opportunity to do. So I'm I'm okay with that. You know, there is there is um there was a thing that we used to say back in my early newspaper days that there's no such thing as too much Steelers. This was in a, in a you know in a major <laughs> metro so sports true. department. Okay. This when I was at the Post Gazette. No such thing as too much Steelers. No such thing as too many reporters you can send. No such thing as too many articles. No such thing as too much content. Okay, That applies, believe you me, at DK Pittsburgh Sports. We, we just <laughs> with Steelers. All. Okay? Yeah, okay. Um, every podcast, every show that we've done, that's, you know, that's been done well, yeah. has, done, has done well for us. Yeah. But they're the Steelers. There's no such thing as, ah, you know what, that's jumping the shark. You know, yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah. we've, we've finally gone too far with no. the Steelers. It just doesn't exist. But this is the thing, though, too. The way guys understand that locker room and how to go around it, there's nobody out there with any kind of foolish, like, take either. If I'm sure that no matter who, well, I'll say this in a sense, it hasn't <laughs> been overly wild compared to some fan bases and how guys try to be out front like that. Like, yeah. it's one, and it's one thing for a guy to speak on something, and that's his truth. And that's how he's seen it or that's how he was dealt with also. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think that's – when I say outlandish, I mean to that person. Like I know Ben has probably said something about a quarterback or two here or there in a sense, but – or or whether it be Moat saying something about somebody too. Like everybody says something, but that something is their truth and they probably have lived some of that inside of that building at 3500 South Water Street. Yeah, you're you're referring to the former players and so forth. Yeah, I thought yeah. when you first said that, I thought you meant like the media in general. Oh, like, no, oh no, 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 no. I was talking like about the former players. Like yeah. There hadn't been any players say anything that didn't at least hold some weight when it came down to their opinion about what was currently, <clears throat> excuse me, currently happening in the building. Yeah, I think one of the things that you can, you know, one of the things, there's always a shortcut in this business, and it's an unfortunate one, okay? Because once you cross over to this side, the first time <laughs> you say something, we talked about this back at the beginning. The first time yeah. you say something mega controversial, everyone's going to go, whoa, Ramon Foster has a podcast. Mm-hmm. And did you hear what he said about dot, dot, dot? It, it, it is. It's a shortcut. It's a cheat code. It Unfortunately, is. it works. It does. Okay. So if you're responsible and you have a naturally 
naturally bombastic sounds negative, but a, a naturally very vocal personality like RC does. Yeah. Okay, Ryan Clark, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking yeah. about. Okay. All right. Like, if you have that, um, he still has to manage it. I guarantee you he has oh, yeah. to manage it where he says, listen, you know, I can say these things and I can huff and puff about this player, that player, whatever else. But at the end of the day, still this. Oh, no doubt okay? about it. I'm still going to hear the same thing Ramon and everybody else hears about. You're, there's no such thing as a former Steeler. Yeah. And and this is the thing, though, too. I, and, I, and guys have said some wild stuff as far as former players on other networks, not their yeah. own stuff. Like, and uh, I but think it was why, Moan. That's why. Yeah. They, they, they have to slide up, you know? Yeah, they do. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Buss says something about the Steelers, you know, lack of offensive production or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, recently. Mm-hmm. Yes. And m- my thing is this. The respect of, you know, Jerome Bettis to Coach Tomlin and the Steelers, he's okay to say those types of things, too. That's how his about, opinion. How about, the, how about the most blistering public criticism of all? came from none other than the greatest player in franchise history. Mean Joe Green. After the game in Minneapolis. Exactly. Mean Joe doesn't have a podcast, but Mean Joe was on radio and was like, I didn't even recognize that team. That's not the Pittsburgh Steelers. But but, – Whoa. Exactly. And it went (laughs) nationwide, though, too. But but like I said, when guys do speak out about certain – some stuff, and some is probably just like, whoa, that – I, that's so far from the truth because they, they don't know all details. But when you're speaking of like the entire concept of what guys believe inside of that building, uh, the Steelers facility, it, it's either been their truth or their understanding of how it's supposed to operate. And I think that's where those opinions kind of come into play a little bit. It's the expectation of how the Pittsburgh Steelers are supposed to operate and the expectations of it, too. So, Bettis saying what he said the other day, I was just like, I looked at it, and I was just like, huh, I'm sure he's got his reasons. I'm sure he's got, you know, his his why. Whether I agree with it or not, guess what, though, DK? I'm respect it. You know? He's coming from a good place, that's for sure. When we come back, it's hey, Moon. That's again, hey, Moon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters. And that's brought to you by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where three expert chefs fine-tune every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app so that they're all crafted for what they call craveability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. Today's comes from Brian Junker, who says, oh boy. Hey, Moan! Why can't Tomlin switch to a running back by committee approach? So many times uh, during your career, whenever the Steelers would exit the playoffs early, it would be because the running game got tired and or dinged up. Um, yeah, well, I think he's referring to Le'Veon getting Le'Veon hurt. Le'Veon getting hurt. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. That may but, have just – yeah, go ahead. That's – and who was the other running back at the time? Uh, D'Angelo Williams in Foxborough. Yeah, in, yeah. In Foxborough. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but that or actually Fitzgerald Toussaint. I don't know. Somebody can jump in and help us out here. We're winging it. Um, but you had a, a situation there where Lev goes out and there just wasn't a running game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And however, 
the same situation that you seem to be pining for was Lev and D'Angelo Williams. Yeah. So yeah. what constitutes running back by committee? Well, this is the thing, though, too. Like, when you have a premier back, and Le'Veon was a premier back, mm-hmm. until the other guy behind him proved that he can, you know, have similar production as him, you go with the hot hand. And this is the other thing, too. And I'm sure Najee's that same way. Le'Veon wanted the volume. James Conner wanted the volume. And I'm sure Najee Harris wants the volume. Like, Le'Veon used to get highly upset when he had to come off the field. Like, Coach Tomlin had to let him, like, Le'Veon, we got to get you a break. We got to cut down these reps. And that was his thing. He wanted to be in. Well, when you expose yourself that much, then you're probably going to get injured in some capacity. It's, it's 100% injury rate in the NFL. It just is. And he was one of those guys that was a high volume. Like, he wasn't I – don't, I don't think Coach Tom was trying to run him into the ground. Le'Veon enjoyed the touches. Yeah. There, from there, my there, understanding. Yeah. There, there might have been a little bit of a mix there to those it, two principles. Well, 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 yeah, there is a mix to it because you're trying to win, though, yeah, right? Like, right. that's the other that's the other side of it. To have a backup, that guy got to come in and do something. Uh, Pollard. You know, in, in Dallas, he came in and is like, okay, we like what we're seeing out of here. If you look around the league, Dalvin Cook doesn't have a running back by committee. No. You know, like he doesn't have that. Well, first of all, let's make this clear. What our, what our definition is of running back by committees. I hear running back committee and I'm picturing two or three guys that are just. Okay. Yeah. I'm almost picturing a little bit of what the Eagles have. Yeah, pretty much. A okay. bunch of young guys or one older guys and some young guys is ready to get them out of there. Yeah, and you don't think of the Eagles as having, you know, the one main guy back there. Yeah. But when you're talking about the Levy on D'Angelo thing, you're talking about here's two drives or three drives for Lev. Here's one drive. A drive. Yeah. To commit to D'Angelo. And when I look at what the Steelers did this past season with Najee, and especially as they gained more trust yeah. in Jalen Warren, and that also includes holding on to the football. Yes, it does. Uh, because that'll disrupt everyone's rhythm in a heartbeat, okay? Meaning the coach isn't going to put you out there for that no. third series. No. So if you have a situation where Nodge is going two or three, and then you have Warren coming in and going one, Nodge himself said, he was like, I love this. This is great. Yeah. Okay, he wasn't. Yeah complaining at all he, he told he told me this was after i remember where we were on a road after a road game he said he said this is just great wow yeah and and, and it's that too once a guy get established he's able to do those types of things but what we're seeing right now though too with that running back by committee when you have a prime guy uh and the backup starts to do a little bit better like right now ezekiel Elliott agents are saying they're going to the combine to field his he field his value He's potentially going to be trade value in a sense, so he's probably about to get upset in uh, Dallas. Um, it, it, it really does also come down to philosophy of offensive coordinators too. Like one guy may particularly may be particularly better at pass protecting than the other, so he only goes in on third down for the most part. So it's a matter of what the running back strengths are too, and and truthfully, you learn those things when you get them inside your building for the most part, and then camp. Like I've seen some guys that probably didn't really pass protect much as running backs, but whenever they got to camp, they had to learn, and then they got good at it. Fitzgerald Toussaint got good at pass protecting that running back. Like, he was one of those guys. D'Angelo Williams didn't like pass protecting at all. You know what I'm saying? So, 
It, it does matter by the uh, your Jimmys and Joes to inside that building. Yeah, and there's there's no question about that. So I, I think to to try to you know put a bow on the answer here, you know you you have a star running back. You do. Okay? You do. And if you have the other one who comes in as not only you know reliable, and I'm not just talking about ball control. I'm talking about production. Yeah. And his ability to to give you a different look, a different feel, and maybe a little bit more explosiveness and to bust the big plays. Part of the reason we've all gotten excited about Jalen Warren is everyone gets so – the other team has to deal with Najee doing this uh-huh. all day, and then you give the ball to the other guy, and he's like, pew! Yep. <laughs> what happened? Well, he benefited from what Najee was doing and vice versa. Exactly. So, um, But you got to grow into those roles, though, too, DK. It doesn't just happen the same way Christian McCaffrey was still the prime guy and uh and with the 49ers when he got traded. Or I say this on the other side, the Saints were pretty much running back by committee because Alvin Kamara wasn't the every down back. He was very unique and he's very unique in his skill set, but you gotta have a specific type of person to or team to actually have running back by committee too. No question about that. Moan, let's do another one of these on Monday. No doubt, man. Enjoy your weekend, DK. Absolutely. Heading down to Florida, by the way. Look at you, just all the warm weather places, huh? Florida. You're I'm a snowbird. No, I hate Florida. I'm going, I'm going, you know why I'm going. It's it's, it's baseball. It's spring training. It is. I think we may be doing Arizona soon for uh baseball. Um, some spring training stuff. Instead of going like to the beach in Florida, I think we're gonna switch it up and go we some need to Grand start like a little map on, on this show, like where we are since we're well, moving we around so much, yeah, right? no doubt. Moan Foster Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it again Monday. No doubt, DK. <laughs> <laughs>